Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Box Office Receipts. I'm your host Tyler Callahan and while we got nothing earth shattering like we did the past few weeks, we still got news so let's start with In the Pipeline. So it seems like AMC and Regal are going ahead with their reopening next week. Around 100 AMC locations will reopen August 20th with a one-day sale of every movie ticket being 15 cents. After that, for seeing old movies in theaters again, those will be $5 per ticket. These movies include a mix of old and new, including Black Panther, Ghostbusters, Empire Strikes Back, and Inception. The plan is to have a gradual rollout with having two-thirds of the theaters reopen by September 3rd for the release of Tenant. Barring a last-minute change from the governors of New York and California, it will not include these markets. Most, if not all, will start at a 30% capacity, and assuming no issues occur, will most likely increase to 50% in a few weeks. The issue I see with AMC is they are touting some theaters have better filters in the theater, which sitting in a room for two hours with people would help reduce the spread of coronavirus. The problem is that they have not said which theaters got it before reopening and if more will get it in the future. The safety precaution is not as useful since we simply have no numbers on it. For Regal, they are offering uh, $5 classic movies, but no one day 15 cent deals. Looking at the offerings, Regal looks to have a better selection with the movies AMC has, but also the Lord of the Rings trilogy, more Star Wars, and really older movies like The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. They are also a little less clear on how many will reopen starting August 21st. Uh, overall, it seems like they are really going to go ahead with the reopen in most states, uh, so we'll have some idea of how things go. If there is a contact trace to any theater in America, it will scare people back into not going, so theater owners better be on high alert there. So it seems like Martin Scorsese likes Apple a lot. Whatever sweet talking they had over Flowers at a Killer Moon has paid off as Mr. Scorsese is now moving his production company over to Apple for a first look multi-year deal. Deadline is exclusively reporting that he is moving his company, which has been with Paramount over the past few years, to Apple. What this means for Apple is huge. As to get first dibs on any movie Scorsese wants to direct, and documentaries and shows he has this company produce. I put the story here instead of VOD Premium because it's more of a studio change and nothing new announced coming to TV+. Uh, Apple is becoming more and more a proper Hollywood studio, I think faster than a lot of people realized. For the Chinese box office, don't have much for it this week except that Interstellar has now made $14.4 million in its re-release. This makes it the third highest grossing movie in the country for 2020, and its worldwide total march is closer to 700 million. Also for this week, some provinces in China can increase to 50% capacity and no intermission for films two hours or longer, which will mean an increase in box office revenue. Next week, we will have more to talk about with the Harry Potter re-release, Bad Boys for Life, and more. So, most of these stories this week are in VOD Premium, with new content being developed, among other things. First is the possible development of My Spy 2. The movie that domestically went from theaters to Amazon Prime Video apparently did really well, and well enough to have discussions about the sequel. Deadline is reporting that STX is looking into bringing back the director and the main stars, including Dave Bautista, for a sequel, and Amazon is in talks with the studio to possibly buy it for their service. I guess for Amazon, whether they paid for it, paid off number-wise, uh, and it came out, I think, back in June when things started to reopen, so it must have done great. STX must have also been happy about this because the last few years have been rough on them. It really has been rough on them as a studio, so to possibly have a small franchise of family films is not bad. And Amazon is not done here. 
They have also announced that they are working with Bloomhouse to get a series of horror movies. Titled Welcome to the Bloomhouse, it will be a series of eight horror movies. The first four movies will come out this October, with the other four coming out in 2021. The first two, titled The Lie and Black Box, will come out October 6th, and the other two are called Evil Eye and Nocturne, coming out October 13th. I did not know this series of films was in development, but I think it's great for Amazon. The past few months, a lot of the bigger, biggest content has been on other services, like Netflix, Disney+, and even Apple TV+. Here, Amazon has been a bit quiet, so to have a series of horror films lined up is good. Now, while Bloomhouse is a moneymaker, thanks to their budgets, the quality is a bit hit or miss. So, Amazon better hope most of these are good, and their viewing numbers are strong, because these are not coming to theaters, so you can't just, oh, count the cash, it was profitable. No, they need viewers, they need engagement, and hopefully quality films. Staying on the horror theme, Netflix is getting into the genre more by acquiring the Fear Street trilogy from Disney. Based on the book series Fear Street from R.L. Stein, most famous for his Goosebump series, the film trilogy are interconnected and will also be set in different time periods. These were originally movies developed by Fox and were set for a theatrical release, but with the pandemic and Disney's now really crowded schedule, they were given the option to look elsewhere to distribute them and they picked Netflix. The films are already completed and Deadline has said Netflix plans to have an event next summer called The Summer of Fear, and they will release each film one month apart. So this is good for Netflix to continue to go after the teenage market with some movies directed at them, and I assume that they'll have some good social media marketing plans for The Summer of Fear. If I was in charge, I would tie this into Stranger Things 4 and release that at the end of September. You know, so The Summer of Fear, you have to each movie, you know, June, July, August, and then lead it up to September, season 4. Uh, but I don't know how far along that is in production, and now it studios now only just getting back into production for their content i don't know if that's even possible for disney this is okay i guess i mean i wonder if they asked the production company that they made the films uh, you know would hulu be okay i mean it's nice they allowed them to shop the movies and work on a deal with them uh but this set of movies could have been also nice for hulu to give them a boost but i'll be talking about what disney might be doing with hulu and their streaming services next week when i go over the expansion of star we may have a preview on what the new Viacom CBS pricing may be for their service coming in 2021. Apple has announced TV Plus subscribers can get a special offer of $9.99 per month that would include CBS All Access and Showtime. Now this is in addition to the regular $4.99 per month for TV Plus, but the deal by itself is actually really good. It is just under half off of if you bought two, the two services separately. So there are two things to take away from here if people actually sign up for this deal. One, Apple will be able to take these numbers to other streaming services and offer them a deal. Offer, tell them, hey, offer a lower price per month to our subscribers, and you'll see this much growth. For Viacom CBS, they can see if people really do like the $9.99 offering for both services and price the new service around that. Obviously, it'll be months before we see if there's any benefits to this deal for the companies, but personally, I do think it's a solid price and has me considering signing up. For me, CBS All Access is not worth the six to seven dollars to me, but Showtime is. So for nine nine, I get both. That has me interested. Finally, it seems that AT and T is looking at all options to lower their massive one hundred and fifty one billion dollar debt by now possibly selling Crunchyroll to Sony. It's being reported that back in May they had early discussions of selling the anime streaming service for around one point five billion. However, Sony balked at the price, and like with Warner Brother Games, have put discussions on hold to give Warner Media's new CEO, Jason Keller, the ability to review all options on how to grow the company. 
So first things first, it is nice and sensible that AT&T is not making rash decisions and will let Mr. Killer decide what he needs to grow not only Warner Media, but most importantly HBO Max. With that out of the way, it would be stupid to sell Crunchyroll. Anime is growing around the world, and Sony is already kind of dominant in it. Handing this over to them would solidify its position and keep Warner Brothers out of it. Also, look, you have $151 billion in debt. Knocking off 1.5 is not going to do much. If anything, there should be more integration by offering more anime from Crunchyroll and HBO Max to have more content on your service, you know, help fix one of the key issues of the service. Jason Keller is in a very interesting position as he has to grow Warner Media as a whole and make HBO Max more popular to keep AT&T off his back. While he has a lot of options for growth, it's not an easy task, especially in the pandemic. I look forward to seeing what he can do. And that'll be it for this week's episode of Box Office Receipts. My question for this week is, would you sign up for Viacom CBS new streaming service at $9.99, or do you think that's too much? Let me know on Facebook. Link to that is in the show notes. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Thank you.